Welcome back to Flop Stars. If you've been with us before, it's much the same. We'll take an album that we feel was criminally underrated or ignored on the charts and unpack it. In the past, we've taken on Charlie XCX, Carly Rae Jepsen, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, and today we add to that stable Lily Allen and her third album, Sheezus. I'm Sam Murphy, and I'm joined as always by Nick Kelly, who is here with me over Zoom. How are you, Nick? Fantastic, Sam. I've reorganized the feng shui in my little studio office adjacent to my bedroom, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling refreshed and reset, which I think is important. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it looks nice. I'm happy that you've done a little rejig. It's important to do (laughs) sometimes. I don't know how much longer I can make small talk about your room. (laughs) We just did about 10 minutes of it off off the air. (laughs) I was trying to show enthusiasm, but yeah, go on. I've got this neighbour downstairs, right, who has a boat and he's always out working on it. And I always have to have the smallest of talk with him. Like I've yeah. literally never, I'm just whispering because he might be out walking up and down the stairs. I've never met a person I've had to have smaller talk with. The talk literally goes, how are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Yeah, good. Is it straight to weather? Have a good then? day. Have a good day. It, there was weather chat this morning. Don't you worry. There yeah. was weather chat. There was, oh, I'm just going to go out on the boat and, you know, take advantage of this terrible weather. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's going to be like <laughs> this for a while. Oh, sweet, man. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> It's just like, it's never gotten deeper than that. And I've lived here four years. So, <laughs> just Do you think he's got any thoughts about Lily Allen's third album, Jesus? He doesn't strike me as a Lily Allen type. You never know, though. They're found in the most bizarre of places. You are right, including here on this podcast today. Now, I am very excited to talk about this album. Um, I think that's something that I say before every podcast, but I'm particularly excited about this because I love it. It's got so many good songs on it. So I want to preface this with a lot of positivity as opposed to my normal negativity around I love that, yeah. <laughs> you usually come in with a little bit of a disclaimer attached to yeah. it, but I love that you've gone straight out of the gates with that you love Lily Absolutely. Allen's worst album. Yes. And obviously we got to see her live um, doing this at, at Splendour in the Grass, the big Australian music festival once, which is kind of how we decided we should do Lily Allen uh, when we were talking last week. Um, let's put it into the flop stars category straight up. So number one in the UK, but picked at number 12 in the US, number four in Australia and no top 10 singles. And on Metacritic score of 60, the lowest of her career. So it's, it's kind of not revered by the critics. It didn't do too well in the charts, except for the UK with that number one spike in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Other than that, it's not a very well reviewed album. When it came out. It's not at all. Not even by Lily herself. (laughs) Which I think may be the first time. Is this the first album we've done that the artist doesn't like? Oh, no. There's been some before that. Really? I think so. I guess we don't know how Paris feels about Paris. I'm I'm sure Um, she'd be proud of of Paris. And so she should be. Yeah. What a valiant achievement. Um, yeah, but Lily was not a fan of this record. And the thing I find so interesting about this album is that she's come back after five years. So It's Not Me, It's You was her big kind of international breakthrough. Obviously, All Right, still her debut was reviewed really well and did amazing in the UK, but It's Not Me, It's You was the one that really shone. And so 
after that, she's at the peak of her fame. She decides, no, nah, this is not for me. She pulls away from it and she goes and starts some like vintage clothing store with her sister. And then I think she did some kind of documentary on the store, but she basically like kept it pretty cool. She got married. She had a few kids. And then five years later, she decides it's time for me to step back into the spotlight. And she comes back with Jesus. And I think when somebody makes that decision, you assume that they've had the time off. They're coming back refreshed. They've rearranged your room in the case of you. And (laughs) they're kind of like ready and raring to go. But in Lily's case, it doesn't seem like that. She came back and she was kind of confused about what her place was in the pop world. She was um, suffering from uh, post-natal depression and it seemed that her personal life was kind of falling apart a bit. So in a way, the coming back to pop was not because she was ready to come back, but because it was almost a band-aid for her, I guess, is how I've perceived it. So it's it's definitely there's so much to unpack in this record there's like she's angry at the industry she's kind of angry in her own personal life she's still got her her quick wit and her like nasty tongue um but she's definitely going through a lot of shit you can hear it all over it that's a great analysis i think that you've touched on some really important points there i want to talk about the confusion of her place real quick i think that's a really valid point with this album and and with her coming back i remember when hard out here came out and the video came out it was almost like she wasn't sure whether she was the artist that was going to take the piss out of the other artists on the scene at the time or whether she was going to try and be one of them and with a song that was as strong as that and could stand up to a lot of the pop that was around at the time you know the katie's and the rihanna's and the miley's um it was coupled with this kind of you know, her her trademark kind of delivery on a song to, to, yeah. to take the mickey. Um, but it also kind of could compete because it was a very good song as well. And then the video, which kind of took the piss out of the Robin Thicke um, situation. And it just, it felt yeah. like this weird fight between her being a, a, a serious pop star and being the pop star that lightens the mood and, and, and loosens everything up. And I don't think she she was even aware of what her place was from those two sides. Yeah, definitely. I think there was so much confusion. The problem is she looked and she sounded like a pop star, but she seemed to be fighting completely against the mainstream. And yeah. I know that she did that a lot on It's Not Me, It's You. Obviously, the fear was like all about kind of fame and the negative aspect of it. But here she was willingly like entering herself into the pop world And then you couldn't tell whether she was critic. Like, for example, on Jesus, she seems to take digs at Rihanna and Katy Perry and I think Lady Gaga's in there and Beyonce's in there as well. You can't quite tell if she's poking fun at them or if she's poking fun at the pop industry and the fact that there's always got to be somebody on top. Like, there was a lot of points started on this album that weren't really fully fleshed out, I think. Mm. And it was a little bit confusing as to where her anger was directed at. And I think that she probably even thinks that it was misdirected as well because obviously she just wasn't sure how she felt as a mother re-entering the pop world and then not knowing whether she should, like compete with it whether she should be angry about it or whether she should just like go with the flow and let it happen 
And I think she sorted it out now. I think No Shame was the record where she realized, no, I really just like making music. And you know what? You can have like a blurry cover and I'm just going to go out on stage and whatever because I just like, I like writing and I'm good at it. Whereas Jesus, it was like, I need to make money. I want to be on top of the pop world. And she said she needed to go out and make money. She was the breadwinner of her family. I think her husband at the time was a builder. She was supporting kids now. And the money from kind of running this vintage clothing shop was obviously not... I actually think the business venture was quite wildly unsuccessful for her. So not only are you having to come back and make this scary comeback into the public sphere, but you've also got this attachment to it that you need to make money and you need to have some sort of level of success. It's stressful. I think there's something really refreshing though about the fact that she left pop for a while and went and did something that was completely yeah. disconnected from it. And I think when, when artists do take that time away, they often just sort of mellow in their own sort of, thoughts for a few mm-hmm. years instead of putting their time yeah. into something that's genuinely quite go to antarctica in lord's case exactly that kind of stuff and i don't understand doing that like yeah it I, I love that she kind of just literally put all her eggs into that basket for a little bit and then was able to come back and do this i, I keep thinking about as well the stalker incident that she had before yeah. this time as well which was quite traumatic um and, and i think probably a there's definitely a connection to that and the the stresses of the pop industry and almost like the the things that come with it include these crazy people that rock up at your door um and end up inside your house like there's there's all these different things that happen to lily that are, are a direct result of the way that the pop industry sort of molds you to be and molds you in the public's eye as well that she had to go through so i think to even come back at all um is is really cool because i think lily is the kind of artist that probably would have been able to if that business venture was successful um step away and and actually not come back for a little while Yeah, I really don't think she's somebody who feeds off the fame at all. But interestingly, her life's been so affected by fame in in many negative ways, like you touched on the stalker. And then I think all the decisions she made in her life, like stepping away from pop and marrying a builder, were all kind of this like resistance to the pop world. And then it gets to Jesus and she kind of needs it in a way. Like it's a a very Mm. odd... I can imagine it would have been a very odd wrestle for her. And if you read her book, which is very good, she kind of lays out exactly how tumultuous the Jesus period was for her. But you didn't really see it at the time. And like, let's go back there because we saw her at Splendor in the Grass in this like wonderfully glittery, wild show where she had baby bottles on stage. She was poking fun at the security guards. She was like, waltzing around like she was an absolute natural you wouldn't have known that behind like all that there was some serious shit going on and she was basically falling apart i think she would go from that tour to support miley cyrus on the bangers tour in the u.s where the wheels really fell off um and she started relying very heavily on alcohol and drugs she kind of then went back to la and abandoned her family almost and then i think it was chris martin who 
she was one night like out at a party or something completely off her face and he kind of was the one who pulled her into line driver drove her home and she said he's never spoke she's never spoken to him since in depth like face to face but he was kind of like the the savior at that point is this all in the book because i still mm-hmm. haven't read the book I need oh to you've read got to book. read it it's great she she says at one point she was drinking so heavily that she couldn't tell the difference between a glass of water and a martini. So <laughs> I'm drinking a glass of water right now. It may be a martini. Are you sure? <laughs> Would you like it's an olive? It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> That's here. And that it literally is. It's, it's fascinating. You do mention that we kind of didn't know at the time how much her life was falling apart because I feel like maybe it's an element of being a fan and a blinded fan at that when hard out here came out and when the record was kind of starting to emerge it felt to me like it was the redemption of those crazy years of her life and the tumultuousness Mm -hmm. it felt like the redemption of that and her getting back on her feet and the process of that was putting out this album but really it was just unraveling her in a whole different way and in a whole different yeah. context. And instead of unraveling her personal life, it started to unravel her professional life as well. And yeah. she was really, through the process of putting this album out and making it, losing even more of her identity, um, which is very is very scary because it's hard to claw back that once you've sort of unraveled your identity to a certain point. It's hard to rebuild that in people's minds. She, she told Rolling Stone that it was just that for the first time in her life, she was kind of asking people how she should dress and what she should sound like when she's always been such an individual pop star and it's what drew people to her in the first place. Mm. Um, And she said to them, it's just, I didn't know what to do. So I was asking people for the first time rather than knowing and then executing and it was a mess. I think she's being a little bit harsh because if we pull it back, I think Jesus actually does stand up in some weird and wonderful way. Absolutely. And, and it's actually not that messy. It's mostly all all produced by Greg Kirsten. Some of the lyrics, yes, are very messy. There's some moments that um, are questionable, I would say. And I think the backlash to the Hard Out Here video where she kind of got accused of being racist because she'd only um, chosen black backup dancers and it looked kind of like there was a little bit of mockery going on and she didn't react. She didn't respond to that very well. Um, So I think there is a lot of messiness attached to the project, but if you didn't read anything about what was surrounding it and you just listened to it from start to finish, there's some great songs on here. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it still had that trademark thing that Lily has always carried across her career. It's got that, um, it's got that cheek. It's got that honesty. It's got that, you know, social commentary within it. And I think a lot of it justified. A lot of it was a little bit uh, petty, I would say, but a lot of it justified. Um, You know, talking really about how the internet had evolved over the last five years um, and how the pop industry had evolved with the internet over the last five years. I said about that's interesting coming back to that, isn't it? Because you always think of Lily Allen as being such a social media, like, present pop star but she kind of emerged in the myspace era disappeared and like things have changed dramatically in those five years yeah she went from myspace emo girl to facebook mum that's on all the marketplace stores (laughs) in the space of five years and she's come back with this whole new breed of pop star who's you know definitely not as social media driven as we are now but was definitely you know I, i suppose like the twitter pop 
stands were starting to come out and the Reddit pop stands were starting to come out and find their communities and building these communities around artists and those fandoms were starting to emerge um, rather than just sort of being, you know, a fan of an artist you hear on the radio. It kind of evolved to something more over those really, really critical five years that she was away from the, the spotlight. You know, like from 2009 to 2014, so much changed in terms of how we consume music through the internet. Yeah. Do you think in that way then that she was cultivating new fans with Sheezus or do you think she was maintaining old fans? Like, do you think she was able Mm. to step into the modern pop sphere? Because now we've got people like Lord um, existing, Charlie XCX existing, like people who are really good at, having a cult fan base and knowing how to like work them on the internet. It's a really good point. I think a lot of where Lily Allen's base still sits in 2021 is in that nostalgia kind of era. And it is kind of the people that were growing up, excuse me, the people that were growing up, you know, in the early 2000s and finding their first musical loves in the early 2000s. It kind of feels like, the fan base that was around for Sheezus was just a continuation of that. And it was just the people that were excited that she was back. And that's a huge chunk of people. You know, she was one of the, she was easily the biggest pop star in the UK. um, One of the biggest pop stars in the world. And I think, you know, there's definitely enough of an audience there in terms of bringing on new audience. Yeah. I don't know. I think the only new audience she can bring on is people who have the context of the first two albums and were able to kind of go back, understand the context, understand why she was so game changing and then come into Jesus and be able to take that on um, with base value, potentially taking on some new fans who, you know, came in maybe with the with the outrage of some of the things she was saying and some of the pointed yeah. remarks against other pop stars that had built their fan base while she was away. So then when she comes back, maybe these new fans that have heard, you know, one of their favourite pop stars referenced in a song actually kind of see the sort of um, humour in it and can see yeah. the sarcasm and appreciate yeah. it. Um, but I think a lot of her fan base really relies on the folks that found her in the noughties for sure. Let's talk about Soundwise, because at the time, the biggest songs in 2014 were Dark Horse, Fancy, Problem, all about that bass. It was that kind of sound, um, erring slightly to hip-hop and trap, but not not entirely there just yet. Do you think the sound of Sheezus sounds dated, or do you think it fits in with the time? It's interesting. I feel like there are elements that maybe even feel even more futuristic and interesting. Um, mm. Like if you like uh, like latecomer, for example, but parts yeah, that of it does also sound just... fit. That almost sounds TikToky. Now I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Can we start a campaign? Oh, can we let's start make it go viral. Hashtag latecomer challenge. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> you can't do that. Did you get that? <laughs> that was good. That was great. Hashtag latecomer challenge. That's what it looks Late-comer. like. They come <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Far out. James Charles will do it in a week. Um, the, the I forgot what you asked. Uh, sonically, yes. So I think there are elements that yeah. There's a couple of songs that kind of feel futuristic, and but I think overall, it just to me feels like a really good classic pop album in many ways as well. I think Greg yeah. Kirsten is the perfect person to kind of bring classic pop elements that will always work but just add a little extra coat of paint on them. So yeah. I think you look at it, look, let's look at Heart Out Here, for example. I think that's a pretty straightforward, 
four to the floor, piano-led pop song, essentially. Yep. But it's also got, you know, if you look at the bridge where it's like, bitch, 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 oh, like it goes a little bit weird at points. But majority the, for the majority of the song, it's just a yep. straightforward kind of four to the floor pop song. Um, yep. And I think that that's carried along a lot of the tracks. Um, I like that she's still got kind of, you know, there's there's a country element in there as well at one oh, point. I which love is sort the of, country song. Oh. I have that awful feeling. <laughs> I think that is possibly the best song on the album, but we'll get to that later. Oh, I um, love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think sonically it, there's a lot of elements of this that are just kind of straightforward pop because, and I think they need to be because she is so vocally interesting and yeah. so sort of, the focus really is on what she's saying and how she's delivering it. She's a really vocally interesting pop star. Um, so if you complicate the production too much, it kind of takes away from the excellence of that. What do you think? Yeah, you're right. Because I think of a song like Jesus, um, and it is very like modern production. It very much suits the kind of hip hoppy trap vibe that was going on at the time. But yep. then she's like <laughs> making these playful jabs at the biggest female pop stars in the world. And like the lyrics are completely like off track. Yeah, there yep. needs to be that balance where it needs to be a kind of familiar instrumental almost and have enough space for her to be able to talk her shit. And she talks her shit so many times on this album that the one song that sounds like she is trying to play straight in the pop arena is um, Air Balloon, which was the second yeah. single, which I think is is a good song. It's a good it's a good pop song, um, but she wrote it with Shellback, who's one of the like this is only one of the only songs on the album that's not produced by Greg Kirsten, mm. and she hates it. She says it's her least favorite song, <laughs> and it, you can tell why because it is them literally being like hard out here is very risky. Um, you've got URL Bad Man, you've got the country song on there, you've got Late Comer, they're all kind of a little bit too risky. Like, if we want this comeback to go well, maybe we can just play it safe with a bit of a radio-friendly moment, which was Air Balloon. And you can tell now why she's like, well, that's the exact point that I let myself kind of get washed out because her personality doesn't come through at all in Air Balloon. But then that's you've the got a song... song like... Sorry, yeah, go on. That's the song where she, uh, uh, I've lost my train of thought now. You you go again. You go. I was just going to say there's a song then like Our Time, which is also a very straightforward pop song, but she does get that chance to like make her charisma come out a little bit more and it's a party song and I think then it was very easy to believe that Lily Allen would be able to lead you on one hell of a night and you would be Absolutely. thrown out of a London cab at about seven in the morning with your keys <laughs> missing and mascara running down your face so yeah it's just an album that constantly wrestles between being vanilla and fitting in and just being exactly who she is which is when she shines Hundred percent. I think on air balloon. Now that I've found my train of thought again, um, it's probably the result of exactly what you were saying a minute ago about her asking people what to do and asking for mm. help in making you know in, in existing as a pop star in 2014. And the obvious answer was go and work with the guy who did 1989 and you know most other excellent records around that time, um, yeah. which is Shellback and and the Max Camp. And then, but obviously that doesn't work because you're not working with an interesting character. You're working with a straight, 
you know, up and down pop producer. Whereas Lily, I think, needs to work with someone a bit more, you know, Shellback is a genius, but needs to work with someone more complex and yep. more sort of in tune with her, which Greg obviously is. It's interesting with Greg Kirsten. He's he's one of the, the quietest pop producers. You don't yeah. hear much from him out there. What you do hear, though, is other weird pop stars talk about how great he is to work with. He seems like yeah. a pretty... Like, he seems like a pretty normal kind of guy, but also very quirky. Um, and Sia obviously credits so much of, you know, her sort of last few years to Greg. Um, and, and Greg's worked on some really fascinating records over the last few years. Um, yeah, I'm just so looking I think at the people he's kind of worked with, and it's all those pop stars who kind of skirt, who are, like, on the outskirts of pop. Like, Maggie Rogers, Years and Years, Churches... Mm. obviously see those kind of ones so yeah he does he does he's occupy that space a, a slightly alternative pop space he's an underdog and he's a dark horse i want to shout out quickly before we move on um he did a song called um with a, a girl from australia called evie irie um let me remind myself what it's called and it's literally one oh, of my yeah fav- it's kind of got a lily allen vibe to it um and worst it's enemy like, oh god it's so good um, yeah, do, you, do yourself a favour, if I may say so myself. Go on stream. Greg Kirsten's excellence at the front. He's also done the whole um, new Nick Jonas album, which is probably not worth your full attention, but there are a <laughs> few bops on there. I'll tell you what, one of our podcasters has been um, at me for the last week to listen to the Nick Jonas album, Hello Xander. And I keep going, no, I Has haven't he? listened to it. And with that there review, are a few I don't bops. think I'll listen to it. There are a few... I, no, that's not fair. There are a few bops <laughs> on there. A few, I just a few like, doesn't get me to listen. Go crazy for it. Yeah, I know. You probably haven't even listened to the bloody Zara Larson album yet, have you? <laughs> Jesus. I'm a busy person, Sam. Very busy. The host of your favourite pop no podcast, time. ladies and gentlemen. No time. No shit at all. I'm too busy listening First to Paris. First time he's ever listened to Jesus was this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know for a fact, you and I used to listen to this album repeatedly back in the day. <laughs> Remember when 3 came out and you just moved oh. into your apartment? You had no electricity. We sat in the dark on a couch just lit by a laptop screen. Also, we were charging our phones off the laptop to last us the whole night because of the no electricity situation. We had a real real candlelight sing-along moment to um, three. It's not my fault. I'm only three. Only three. There's something a little bit weird about... People in their their 20s singing a song written for a (laughs) three-year-old. From the perspective of... It's not my fault. Yeah, from I'm the perspective. I'm only three. <laughs> Just three, four, four this afternoon grown adults. I made a puppy mashy fish, mum. <laughs> Just just picture four grown adults sitting around a laptop in the dark singing that. With a Char- charging our phones like it was the last elect- el- like electricity on the earth. Oh my God. <laughs> what a life All right. <laughs> what a life. So, but let's go into a song game. And this one, right. I need to read out the um, main hook of Jesus for you to get. 
where I've gone with this one. So she says, Riri isn't scared of Katy Perry's roaring. Queen Bee's gone back to the drawing. Lord smells blood. Yeah, she's about to slay you. Kid ain't one to fuck with when she's on, only on her debut. And then there's something about Gaga, but I won't go on. Wow. Um, so she's really brought out the knives with that one. Yeah. So with this one, I want to f- figure out, was Lily really Sheezus? So I'm going to put up a Lily Allen song, one from each of her albums, against one of the people that she name-checks in Sheezus. I like this. This is smart. It's quite hard because she names Titans. So I've had to go with um, songs that are probably not their biggest songs, but ones that Lily can comfortably compete with. Not that Lily can't compete. I think some of her songs are top tier, but these these are real big guns that she's gone for. I love this. First one, hard out here. Versus Chain to the Rhythm by Catherine Hudson, nay Katy Perry. No, Katy Perry, nay Catherine Hudson. <laughs> so hard. I feel like I'm getting the realization this was quite a formative era of pop for me. This like 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. Era. It was like I was just I'd just come out of high school. When did I finish high school? Twelve, thirteen, who cares? Um and this was like early adulthood, like formative anthems. So this is cool. In terms of this particular battle, a very difficult hey. one. I like Heart Out Here. I mm. like Chain to the Rhythm a lot. Chain to the Rhythm still slaps when you go back to it, by the way. Still very good. It does. However it gets better with age. It does, like a fine red. Mm. I don't know if... It started as a if... 2 out of 10 for me. It's probably about an 11 right now. That's a big call. <laughs> <laughs> I think based on how much Chain to the Rhythm has to say and in the context of it being her first big pop single in a very long time for Katie versus Hard Out Here, first big single in a long time for Lily. Lily had much more to say on Hard Out Here and in a much more interesting Okay, manner. good, because I thought you were about to praise what Katie had to say on Chain to the Rhythm. No, I'm like, saying she had nothing she to say. She could have not been more generic with what Skip she had Skip Marley to say. had more to say than Katie on that song. Oh, Skip Marley had everything to say. You couldn't stop him. How incredible was that? Skip Marley just comes out on a song and we never hear from him again. Just comes out and does that one was song. Was he not nominated for a Grammy this year? I think he was. Oh, this year? Jesus. Was he the one that was on, is on the Her song? I don't know. Maybe. Um, no. Oh, yes, they, they have, yes, yeah. he was. He was nominated for a Grammy oh. this year. Well, you're not wrong. Given Katy Perry hasn't won one Grammy, they're on <laughs> equal playing fields now. He posted a lovely tribute to Toots and the Maytals on their Grammy win, um, <laughs> which just says the word dem a lot in it. Um, anyway, back to this battle. I'm going to go hard out here, just based on the fact it has much more to say, but I love both songs. Yeah, I get where you're going with that. I thought you were going in the complete opposite direction, and I thought you'd drunk the Katy Perry's woke Kool-Aid. <laughs> woke Kool-Aid. Like, after hearing Change the Rhythm, I dedicated my life to social activism. I stand with the dead nun. (laughs) In being anti-Katie on this battle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think... (laughs) Yeah, I think they're both... um, They're both probably not 
my favorite songs. Like I'm not going to pull either song from their discographies and listen to them on repeat. But I think if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Hard Out Here with Lily Allen. I think it's got a little bit more personality to it. Yeah, good call. I'm happy with that. Thank you. Next one, Trigger Bang off No Shame. Versus Cheers, Drink to That by Rihanna. I like that we're not just doing the one album, by the way. It's good. Yeah, I wanted to go. Career retrospective. Yeah. A career retrospective and future perspective and prospective. This is good. Um, I'm. What are you calling the future? Is that prospective? Well, what's in the future? I haven't got any. Well, like trigger bangs in the. No, but like in terms of like we're in. Oh, the album after. We're in 2014 right now. (laughs) So you said made it sound like I was about to leak her new album right here. (laughs) I wish you could. Um, oh, that's a really hard one because they're kind of there's kind of a similar vibe to Trigger Bang and Cheers, isn't there? There actually is. I I went through Rihanna's discography pretty, um extensively to find this matchup and I'm pretty proud of myself to be honest. Yeah. What do we call this sound? Is it almost a almost reggae? Almost a Yeah, yeah, I guess so. A little bit reggae inspired. We've never been whiter. Um Yeah. <laughs> what do you call that? Was Trigger did Trigger Bang have gigs on it? Or yeah. Another song. Yeah. Grab a few grams and a few Grams. Grams. Wrapped, wrapped in elastic, in elastic with, a blue, with band. a blue band. You reach for hands out with your, out you reach with for handouts with your two with hands. Your two hands. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, <laughs> the part the you're parts all glad of you our brain the parts of our brain that hold that just yeah. phenomenal. Phenomenal bits of our brain <laughs> that just hold the lyrics to trigger bang. For like four years. That's why I can't remember anyone's again. name after I've met them seven times in a row. Because <laughs> that bit of your brain's already in use. But I can, yeah, I can, I can mildly recite the ver- a gigs verse from Lily Allen's Trigger Bang, but don't ask me your name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. Rihanna, cheers. Drink to that. It's not my fault. I'm only three. Based on. <laughs> Brain's still developing. I'm going to go. I'm going to go cheers just based on, I don't know, staying power. Um, okay. Yeah. That's mine. Great. Very analytical. Love it. Yeah. Um, I am going to go, well, Trigger Bang's probably in my top five Lily Allen songs. Love it so much. Goes off. Deserved better. Um, cheers, drink to that. I, I, I don't know. I still kind of see it as like, Rihanna's novelty song for some reason, like the Avril Lavigne sample and the content of the song. It's just like still kind of funny to me. Don't get me wrong. I like I'll down a tequila on it. Love it. Oh, let the Jamison sink in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Both great, but Trigger Bang has the win for me. Yep. Next one. Next one's a big one. Maybe yep. for you a big one. The Fear. Versus Royals by Lord. I don't know where you sit on Royals, but I made 
I did a tweet the other day on my private account, which I'll share with oh, the podcasters. Private. I Lord. don't even have your private account. Follow my private. I'm not telling anyone except for you what it is, but you can follow it. It's our producer. Yeah, I'll go on there and you'll be like my fucking podcast co-host. Yeah, my podcast. <laughs> He's a late again. <laughs> yeah, our silent producers in the back. Says the guy who's 20 minutes late to every podcast. Hello. She's oh, waving. Still no um, audio. The. <laughs> What's going on? Yes, our silent producer is listening to li- to Shazer oh, right listening now. To, she's actually doing her research for once. This is amazing. <laughs> We should get her two cents after it as the most recent listener. Um, the tweet that I did on my private account was, Lord, arguably the least interesting pop star, based off her pushing her book back again until the end of April. Okay, like, it was nice no to one, chat. Bye-bye. No one. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you're also looking... I'll finish this by myself. <laughs> you're looking at your screen like you're trying to find the leave meeting button. I was trying to find the leave button. <laughs> Do a bit of a prank? Yeah, it was good. It's good. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think there's just so much... I'm going to get in trouble for this, I know. And I've liked so much of the music, but I just don't care sometimes. I just don't care. I just don't care what she's got to say sometimes. I, really I will say, and I say this as somebody who like melodrama ranks top five albums of all time for me i love the i love that album sometimes she talks like a final year high school student who's just discovered freud i will that's all i'm saying now i'm backing away (laughs) yeah and we won't touch it that is all she comes across a bit too highbrow for me at times and that turns me off and i'm sure she's very intelligent i agree but i don't need but as someone who dedicates my brain to partial gigs lyrics i don't connect <laughs> with the intelligentsia of lord's yes. music i know she's good i think she's a good pop star but i don't think she is the coming of jesus that she's often built up to be that is my overall thoughts on lord they're much I more complex than that jesus and i look forward to her return um <laughs> based on i feel bad for saying that i love i love lord just yes, have I the, love on Lord record, well. I love Lord. That's all but I have to say. I just don't think she's interesting. No, I, t- I think she's interesting. She went I'm to Antarctica I'm not buying her Antarctica book. I'm not buying I'm not buying book. the Antarctica book. <laughs> but you will buy the Lily Allen book. I'm the first person to, to go to Antarctica. <laughs> no, I love the Lily Allen book. She, racking lines of coconut and like much more interesting That's than Antarctica's in. snow. I just, I've always had this frustration with people who, and I'll, I'll get off this train in a second, but I've just always had this frustration with people who act like their life has been harder than it actually has been. And that their life has been more <laughs> in, intriguing and intense than it actually has been. That is all. Is this about Lord now? Maybe. <laughs> the fear? Did you say it was hard going to Antarctica? There would have been nothing hard about oh, going to Antarctica. God. I know. When you're well, it wouldn't have been like hell. a pleasant holiday. It's not like going to Sandals, Jamaica or anything, but it was her choice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the song game because we're 40 minutes in. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so the fear. Let's unpack. Let's unpack the fear. You know, really swirling kind of windmill of a pop song. I call that one. Um, very interesting. Royals, mm-hmm. obviously one of the greatest debuts of the decade um, from an artist that was just unlike anyone else at the time and has now been re, you know, cloned about a thousand times by half-assed efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, but very, very refreshing at the time. 
and the song still interesting, still wonderful because it was just so simple and vocally layered. Um, can you tell that I'm trying to redeem myself with the Lord stands yeah. now? Yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> I genuinely believe critiqued this. Critiqued her intelligence and her trip to Antarctica. Yeah, it's not about the songs to me. It's about the hum- the person and the pop star. Normally it's about the songs. Anyway, Royals. I'm going Royals. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you've re- you're going Royals. Wow. Okay. Um, On this fear, battle, yes. The Fear, top tier Lily Allen, top tier pop. Should have been and almost was like the biggest pop song of that year. I feel yeah. like it it had Grammy winning potential, which it didn't really get. But just like such as you said about the royal uh, about the royals about the royals song, very refreshing. The fear royals hated it the first time I heard it. Still can't stand it. Very influential pop song, no doubt. And I love every other one of her songs, but Royals just really grinds my gears for some reason. Really? So I'm going to go The Fear, but I acknowledge Royals' influence on pop music. Look at that. How the tables have How turned. the tables have turned. Okay, final one, which is kind of a silly one because I was one song left and I had to fit in two artists that she names in the song. Luckily, these two artists have collaborated. Oh, Smile. Convenient. Smile versus Telephone by Lady Gaga and Beyonce. That's a tough one. Both top tier. Both are amazing. Yeah. But I think I'm again going to go back to what they have to say. And I'm going to go smile on this one. (laughs) However, I acknowledge once again. I feel like we're all we're providing caveats to every one of our decisions this week instead of just being fearless like usual. Um, you know, Telephone is like a top tier pop collaboration of all time. Like it's it's so strong. Yeah. What a pairing. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go Smile. I just think it's more interesting. Telephone is a great pairing and a great pop culture moment bolstered by its video and kind of like how iconic it was that the biggest pop star at the time was joining forces with the fastest rising pop star. Such a moment. Um, however, I don't think it's the best song. It ranks in either of their discographies, really. Whereas yep. Smile, I think, is right up there with Lily Allen's best. And also, like, kind of such a different song to come out for that time and really set the mood for British pop for many years to come and what everyone was trying to achieve. So I've got definitely going to go smile on that. Her lyric, like her songwriting on that song is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, top tier. Excellent, good gear from all involved. Great. Let's move on. Let's talk about some... Obviously, we've talked a lot about how this album was her undoing in many ways, but... Yep. There is great. There are great songs on that, and let's talk about some of them. I have a personal favorite. URL Bad Man, I think, yes. is really funny. How she plays the character of this like hype beast sitting in his room on the internet, attacking everybody, but then can barely like even stand up to his own mother. And she name checks everything from Vice to Pitchfork. They all get it. They all get a bit of love from Lily. I think it's so ridiculous, and it's one of the like moments where she really gets that cultural criticism right on this album every pop star was talking about bullying and trolling around Mm -hmm. this time in different ways i don't think it was as expertly done and as savagely done as url bad man and still with that you know done with such 
such ferocity. Ferocity? That's the word, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also done with a little sweet cheek to it as well. And like a really beautiful melody. I feel like I think even it's so when, impressive. Like even when she's at her worst, even when she's kind of having this Christ, this creative crisis, when she lets herself just speak or sing unfiltered, she's kind of unbeatable in a way because she's just so naturally um, endearing to those that agree with the points that she has. She's like Absolutely. funny, she's witty, she's quick-tongued. And it all comes out here. And it's so many times on the album, it's kind of sanded out. Like that personality is sanded down a bit. But the moments it comes out, like hard out here, URL bad man, um, Jesus, they're, they're the shining moments on this record. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that is, you know, I keep talking about this trademark Lily Allen thing, but you've, you've just nailed exactly what it is that is so good about her. She's just so good at writing about these observational she's almost like an observational comedian yeah to an extent yeah she's so she's so tuned in and pinpointed on the different things that are going on in the world and able to reflect them in such a fascinating way lyrically and in such a she's got just the vocabulary used in her discography is phenomenal it's so good you couple that with the way that she turns it into melody and you know, even even talking about URL Badman, even the name of the fucking song is excellent. And then she, you know, turns it into URL B-A-D-M-A-N with no empathy. Like, oh. So good. It's, yeah. It's and perfect. She's, and only she can do that. I have such an issue with um, pop stars who are not able to marry their personality and their music. Like, so often yeah. it gets sanded down. And it makes sense because when you've got so many songwriters involved and so many people throwing in their opinions by the time it gets to its final form like your involvement is often minuscule and i think we we talked about it a lot on the reader aura episode but i think when i've always thought about it with like sam smith or um who's the one that has that song uh lewis capaldi Mm. such vibrant personalities so full of life but when it comes to the music it's often so sucked out of it and it doesn't mean that they have to be like it doesn't mean that they have to be showy or like pointed like lily allen is but you just i don't know some of the songs just feel lifeless sometimes and i'm like where is this personality that you show in real life that's so endearing and so like joyful that gets lost in the music and that's not a criticism that you can throw at lily allen i mean it is a criticism you can throw at a few songs on this album but even at a point where she's having this crisis, she's still she's still on point when it comes to attacking the people that need to be attacked. Absolutely. I think you've raised a really interesting thing there in the sort of du- duality of man and that mm-hmm. you can be a really fascinating and entertaining character off the microphone, yet really, you know, poignant and serious on the record and yeah. not use that wit and charm in your recording process. Yeah. And I think it works for some and doesn't work for others. I will say that Sam kind of nailed it eventually. Mm. It took a while, but obviously obviously they've stepped into themselves now and you get that dancey, clubby atmosphere that I always had a feeling they loved. It was just being sucked out in the music. So they've arrived. It took Um, so long to get back to that point. By the way, like I remember it took when so long. 
I remember when what was that first thing? Was it I'm not the only one? No, it was something different. Too good at goodbyes came out. Yeah. Um, which you know it did it did go a bit more gospel than just sort of singer songwriter piano and voice that it had yeah. been. It went a bit more gospely, which was nice, but it still felt like that was the moment where they could have you know done a little bit more. But they were also heartbroken at the time, and now they're having fun and living their best. Yeah. And I find um. Uh, by the way, interesting fact about Diamonds by Sam Smith that is probably not really a fact. It's just more an observation I made. I thought at the very start, the intro was like... But they're actually going... Diamonds, 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 yeah. diamonds, diamonds, diamonds. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know until... That's a good a little factoid to throw in. Yeah, if you go I and just... listen to that again, just listen deeper. I do want to say, because I think this is the perfect time to throw this in, um, but her second... Well, actually, her most streamed song on Spotify is her cover of Keen's Somewhere Only We Know, which is tacked How on at the end of this album and was kind of part of a British ad campaign just before this album came out. And that is the kind of song that could suck the life out of you. Interestingly... Lily, like, actually does a very good job of it. I would never really see her as a ballad covers person. I would have left that job up to Ellie Goulding or someone like that. But she does a great job on this. So she it does. just shows her personality is too big to be stuffed in a box. And yeah. good for her. A lot of it's in the delivery. And I think she's an expert singer as well. And a lot of it's in the, you know, her accent remains true. And yeah. I think that's a really interesting thing where you've got other pop stars who really put that, you know, US kind of tilt onto it because that's how they learn to sing. Whereas Lily just sounds like she's sort of m- m- melodizing her speaking. Um, yeah. And I think somewhere we, we only know is a really interesting one because it, yeah, it does show that you can actually put some personality and some cheek into a ballad, um, which I think she has done a few times across her career. Like three is a great example. Yeah of, you know, the way that she turns a ballad into something really interesting and, and fun and cute. Um, and also very, she's very, um, she's so specific with the settings she gives you in her songs. Like mm. LDN obviously is extremely descriptive, but then a song like Chinese where she's like, get a Chinese and watch TV. And it's like this beautiful love song that's centered around getting a bloody like... <laughs> I don't know, some dim sum and sitting on the couch. Like, how can you make that re- romantic? She's very good. Very good, Lily. Okay, well speaking of very good, what's your mm. game for today? Okay, so this is... Um, I, I had one idea, but I've superseded it um, after we started talking about Trigger Bang. So my game is called Trigger Bang or Another Bang. It's another song game. And yep. it's songs that have bang in the title versus uh, Trigger Bang by Lily Allen and Geeks. Uh, now, I know there that better you can be one rate... song in here. I think, I think you're going to be challenged by this game. I think you really are going to struggle with it. And I encourage everyone to play along. First matchup, Trigger Bang or Bang by AJR. I have Trigger no bang. idea what that song is. Have you never heard that? It was very big on the radio over there. Very, very big. Can I have a little they're listen? The, they're the brothers from New York. Yes, you met. Yeah, yeah, I know. I can't stand them. Um, but let me have a listen. They're a great band. We'll put a little bit in the podcast. Oh, no, I know. Oh, no, no, no. No, thank you. No, Not Trigger Bang. Not for me. I just saw um, men in horse heads nodding in the video, and that was enough. <laughs> I think it's a good song. 
I would put bang at my That's why we we do this because we have we celebrate our difference of opinion. You like men in horse heads, me not so much. (laughs) Second matchup. (laughs) Second matchup. Bangarang by Skrillex. Trigger bang or bangarang by Skrillex. Oh, two banger another bang. These songs really. I know. Really Um, similar. I was always a bit anti-Skrillex just because, um, like, I was a bit... I didn't want to, like, buy into what everyone liked at school because I was a little bit of a contrarian, which is annoying. So unique and hipster. Yeah, I know. It was... I I regret that. But anyway, I've moved on. I've grown. And now I'm flying. Um, (laughs) But Bangarang has grown on me now that I've shared that past life. Yeah. But... Still trigger bang. I heard Bangarang really loud a little while ago, and I was like, "This is really, really good." Yeah, it is good. It's it turned it up ex- loud. Incredibly influential in dance. Absolutely, <clears throat> fascinating production. Okay, I've got one more bang, and then I'm going to double down and move on to only bang bang songs. <laughs> there are three of them. Shit. The third bang is "Bang My Head" by David Guetta, Sia, and Fetty Wap. Versus Trigger Bang. Bang my head against the wall. There are so many Sia and David Guetta collaborations. There's like four, I think. Yeah. That's not one of my fave. Trigger Bang. Okay, cool. It's a win for Trigger Bang there. This is good. This is good. There's some there's some good challenges here. It's been two for Trigger Bang, one for Bang. Doubling down. What it's did bang, I give Bang, bang to? I what? didn't give Bang to anyone. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I thought you did on Bangarang. No, I gave that to Trigger Bang. Oh, sorry. You were just actually quite supportive. I just praised okay. it. Yeah. Well, this is going to challenge you. Bang Bang by Rita Ora and Iman Beck. <laughs> yes, this is the Trigger one I bang. was waiting for. <laughs> well, obviously Bang Bang. Yes. But the orchestral version that she did live from the Sydney Opera House. For Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. That version. Specifically. Perfect. Okay, great answer. I agree with you. One of the best songs ever. Ever recorded. <laughs> Speaking of, the Trigger Bang, waking. Trigger Bang by Lily Allen and Giggs, or Bang Bang My Baby Shot Me Down by Nancy bang Sinatra. Oh. Again, very influential. As you like Could we to go say. like the dance remix that's like My Baby Shot Me Shop Down, me. Down, no, down, no. down. Oh, who did that? I don't know. It was someone. I feel like maybe the men in the horse heads. <laughs> It was. Give me your answer while I work it out. Um, uh, trigger bang. The answer was David Guetta <laughs> did the remix. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, good for him. Or was it Will I Am? What is this? No, that that's this is not it. I remember this though. This is a big Will I, Will Sounds I Am. like the start of Will Fortune. My baby shot me down again. Yeah, this is not the version shot I was thinking. But... Go bang, bang. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and listen to that later. Difficult to listen to. Final one: Trigger Bang versus Bang Bang by Jesse J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> it's me, Jesse and Ari. You know what's Who's killing me at the moment? All the memes of Jessie J singing when she's da 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 da
You know, my mum was in a. She sounds like a robot skipping. My mum was in a viral meme of Jesse J once. My mum went to watch The Voice yeah. live while Jesse J was one of the judges. And there's this meme that was going around of Jesse J dancing and clapping to the performer that was on the stage. Um, but they'd set it to the catch-up song for some reason. And it was just funny. Like, it was just funny to watch it. And in the background, in the front row of the fucking audience, is my mother, Kay Kelly. Kay Kelly having a clap. Doing the same thing. Ah, uh, love it. It was phenomenal. And it went viral, as they say. I'll tag you with it later. Meme Queen Kay Kelly. Yes, Meme Queen my mother. That's her name, yes. Not that people yeah. need to look it up. Yeah, that's her. No, don't look yeah. it up, please. <laughs> Don't be weird. You won't find anything if you look it up, but just don't be weird about it. Thanks. Just don't be weird and Google my mum. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, it, 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 you haven't answered the question. Um, uh, definitely trigger bang. <laughs> All right, so one, bang bang is five so for trigger bad. bang and one for bang bang. That was we said we were going to be a bit off this episode and we have been. We've 56 been on, minutes long. We may have been off, but we've been on brand. And that's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. How much <laughs> it's really I'm going to have to do after res- this podcast to get my squeaky chair out? Oh my God. I noticed that I had a squeaky chair the other day too. And then the apartment above was playing piano for some reason. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah, it it could have been Adele writing her next album and she's in the podcast. I <laughs> Settle down. There you go. My friend who likes your singing is going to love that. She loves a <laughs> shout out. Shout out, Lillian. Shout out. Yes. Oh, she got a shout out and a sing. She's going to absolutely die. I've heard. Don't die. Okay, She's one of the Sorry. other people I know here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just move on to my game because this is really dragging on and people yep. don't have the time yep, in the day to do this. It By the way, me the other day listening to Table Manners <laughs> that they fit a three-course meal into 45 minutes and all we do <laughs> is sit that? here and talk and I drink a glass of water and it goes for like an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> and I start out really, really quiet and then I down this giant coffee next to me and then I can't stop and then you're talking. going. This is... <laughs> How this works. Can you imagine if we did a three-course meal podcast? If we were drinking wine, which we obviously would be because who are we? Can you imagine how long that would go for? Oh, it'd just be a 24-hour live stream. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we do that at some point. We have started before with a three-course meal and you've still been at my apartment (laughs) at the same time the next day. It's not even lies. (laughs) It's not even a lie. (laughs) Okay, your game. What is it? <laughs> My game is called Jesus or Yeezus. I'm going to give you tweets from either Lily Allen or Kanye West, and you need to tell me who the tweet is from. I like it. Let's roll through this quick. I think they might be pretty easy. To be honest, I think it's time we talked about banning sports in this country. <laughs> Would like to say I agree with that. <laughs> Except for the soccer Because my team is winning you, the soccer And it's quite, quite yeah, fun Aren't you an announcer at the soccer sometimes? That's like taking away I'm the backup. salary I'm the backup to the backup at the moment I'm currently okay. third backup For the grandstand announcing at the soccer um, 
Well, so. the sports fan would really put you in the red then, wouldn't it? Sports fan jumped out. <laughs> I would, um, I would say that is Lily not wanting to take her children to sports on the weekend or being annoyed at the men that go to sports and, like, yell. I uh, definitely a Lily it is one. Lily. I don't know the context, yes. but it is Lily. I'm going to make that. Okay, next one. I ordered the salmon medium instead of medium well. I didn't want to ruin the magic. That's Kanye. Without a doubt. Simplicity <laughs> that is of Kanye. Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fur pillows are actually hard to sleep on. Ooh, that could be either. That's a very good one. Because it's, it feels like the decadence of Kanye, but sort of like the mumsy nature of Lily to have a fur pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of like the bougie mum sort of thing. I will go... I'm going to go Kanye on that, though. That is Kanye. Yes. Next one. You, you got all of them right so far. You can say anything as long as you put the right emoji next to it. Ooh. Who's using emojis? I think Lily's using emojis quite prolifically. I don't think Kanye's using emojis, just capital letters. So I'm going to go Lily. That's Kanye. Fuck. Gotcha. I was literally about to exclaim and go, fuck, I'm good at this game. Look at me go. You get me with that one. <laughs> Look at me now. What's your goal? Look at me now. Next one. I think a baby mouse has died in my mouth. I just died in your mouth tonight. <laughs> Must have been something Nick playing the baby mouth. <laughs> the, no, the baby mouse. Baby mouth. The baby you having a bleed? I'm, yeah. <laughs> I have a baby mouth because I'm only three. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> Once again, you uh, you got what you came for. Um, <laughs> no money back, no refunds. What was the tweet? <laughs> I think a baby mouse has died in my mouth. Lily. Yeah, that's Lily. Final one. New Music Friday didn't make me want to kill myself for once. Well done, gang. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I I feel like that could be either, but based on gang, I feel like that's Lily. <laughs> that is Lily. You're right. <laughs> That's a well funny done. tweet. That's a funny tweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, hit me with your best and worst songs and a score out of 10. Or you can deflect it's- to me. If you need it's a toughie. Time. No, I'll go first today. It's a tough one, but I think as long as I got you is my favorite, and it still stands up. I think it's the best. It's sort of like the cousin of not fair, which I like about it. But it doesn't mm-hmm. de- it doesn't derive too much off that country angle. It still definitely stands up as just a fast, fun pop song, and it's also like a nice moment on the album. So I'm gonna go as long as I got you as the yeah. best song. Um, worst track, we don't include interludes, do we? So I'm going to go... There's an interlude? There's an interlude, yeah, before... Oh. some For some reason, between Heart Out Here and Somewhere Only We Know at the end. Oh, that's not needed. Um, I might just go Take My Place. It just doesn't... Maybe Take My Place or Our Time. Oh, no, not Our Time, actually. I like Our Time. You take my always place. pick the song that is the most, like... Emotionally dense. Yeah, Take my place is about an abortion. Well, that's a good point. And I would Look like to swap track. it for insincerely yours. Okay. Accept it. Thank you. 
Thank you. Very well. What Let's are you? Move oh, on. and a score out. No, I need to give a score out of ten before we move on. The score out of ten that I will be providing this album is an eight point five. There's hardly that's anything great. I like on it. There's hardly wow, that's that really like. good. And in fact, I might go back and listen to it again today. I might do the same thing. I'm going to roll through my favourites. Um, Late Comer, Our Time, As Long As I Got You, URL Bad Man, Hard Out Here. They're my favourites. Wow. You're only allowed one, though. Yeah, but... Um, Okay. That's your finalist list. Well, then the one that I go one. back to the most is URL Batman. Cool. I'll accept um, that. Least favourite is, only because I can't remember what it sounds like, Silver Spoon. Okay. All right. Now, I've told my friends that we're doing this episode and he, yep. sent, me a, he sent me a voice message so, and I haven't listened to it, so I'm just going to play it. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Guys, bringing back the <laughs> funny things. I don't think it's about you. the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's not about. I'm really the glad podcast. you did. I'm really glad you played that. That really added to the. That really added to the conversation. That was great. I knew that. I might just play a random voice message from my. <laughs> okay. From my. Fine. Our um, new segment we're replacing flop of the week with play a voice da, message. Da, 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 da. That was me doing a sting from Yep, that was me. <laughs> that was me um doing an impression of the sting that plays on the John Laws show after he makes um suicide notes. Um I'll, what? I'll play it to you. You can cut this out if it's inappropriate, but this is John Laws on the radio. So, like, he makes his... He's pissed off because he's been sent an angry letter from a listener and then he tells him to kill himself and then he plays this jaunty little jingle. <laughs> da 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 Those who don't know, John Laws is the, like, kind of current king of radio, of talkback radio in Australia. He's, he was, the he was like, the big king and then he, now he's, like, 82 and he's on this, like, small network of stations. He retired and then he got bored. But they wouldn't bring him oh, back. So he in, like, went the big back. Station. I didn't so know he went he back went to back. this like tiny station where the computers are always broken, and he always complains about that. Um, oh, but you can okay. only hear him on like in like really small towns that take the show, and it's always a great <laughs> listen because he's like, he <laughs> "What are you going to kill old, yourself?" Flirts with the old ladies, tells people to hurt themselves. It's it's all great. What a man! What a man! Anyway, flop of the week. We're all over the place. My we flop of the week. The you must all get behind the excellent. I know what it's going to be. You know exactly what I'm about to do. Yeah. I implore you to get behind the incredible new Gwen Stefani song "Slow Clap," a pop, a moment of pop excellence. Thank you. She's done a great job. It's a great album. Um, yeah, she wrote she's... the track with Ross Golan, um, who's incredible. Does a podcast called "And the Writer Is," but he's also a great songwriter. Um, it feels like Gwen. It's back to Gwen's. Hey, it's it's perfect Gwen, and it's got lots of attitude, just like the Lily album. Got lots of attitude in it. The synth. I thought it genuinely was a sample of "You Need to Calm Down" by Taylor, but it's just really? it's just a very similar synth pattern. Um, but you'll definitely notice that. 
It's really fascinating. There's an album coming. She's wrote, she wrote with Ryan Tedder this week, which who she's never written with before. Really? So never? Going, never. Wow. So clearly they're going full pop for it. And she's also noted that next year, which is 2022, is 30 years of No Doubt. There will definitely be something from No Doubt next year. Can you so believe it's, very it's exciting times 30 years? That's mental. Insane, isn't it? Oh my god. 30 goodness. fucking years of No Doubt. Oh. Like, too long. too long. Anyway, that's my too pop long. of the week. Slow clap. Gwen Stefani, get on it. Love that. Um, my flop of the week is a song called Cold Feet by an artist called Reyesa, who is signed mm-hmm. to Mark Ronson's silly little label that King Princess is on. Um, she's making really good, like, woozy, intergalactic, aquatic pop music. Yes! Ding! Uh, like, really auto-tuny vocals, but this one, like, she's released a few good songs, but this is a smash. This latest one, Cold Feet. Go to Intern's Top Tunes playlist on Spotify. Smash play. It's the first song on there. You can't miss it. Good times all around. It's up there in lights. It's up there in lights. <laughs> Great flops of the week. A bit of the old, a bit of the new. Jump on. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you follow the show, and because they've changed the terminology from subscribe to follow now on Apple Podcasts. So Have they, I think they've done that on everywhere. Spotify too. I think it already was on Spotify. It was follow. And so yeah. Apple was the only one using subscribe. This is definitely an off-air chat. And, <laughs> and they've, they've turned it into follow to follow everyone else because <laughs> Apple Podcasts have decided to follow, be sheep, which is not like, quite like Apple. Someone um, should send us a voice message and we'll play it out on the show yeah, next we, week. Yeah, that's something our, we do um, now. In our random voice message segment. <laughs> Da 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 da. Next week I'll just hit play on the first one. It'll probably be my mom being like, "Sam, I've received this bill in the mail. I'm not quite <laughs> sure what <laughs> it's for." Scurry the phone away. <laughs> oh, you don't need to hear that. <laughs> um, and as always, if you like the podcast, if you know a Lily Allen stand that would um get a vibe out of this, make sure you flick them the link and see what they think. Um, because we yeah. really appreciate it. If you know a Lord stand, however, maybe just keep them yeah. at an arm's length. <laughs> I've been an asshole in this show. I've just realised you have an been an absolute asshole. asshole yeah, today. you will listen back and you'll have a lot yep. of self improvement today. Very disappointed in myself. <laughs> Fifteen Hail Marys from the Statue of Jesus. <laughs> or Jesus. Alrighty then. Have a lovely week. Goodbye. Just you and me, well that's why